Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the next episode of Joe Kelly's Psychedelic Experience. Your old pal Joe, hanging out with my very good friend, Mr. Monty Mitchell. Back to the podcast. We haven't seen you in a minute, Monty. Thanks for That's thanks good. for coming on, buddy. You've been all right. Yeah, yeah, I've been great. Yeah, <laughs> we, did, we did like four in a month. We did, and then, and then I haven't seen you for six months. I've seen you. We've seen each other in person. We we've seen each haven't other. Haven't done a podcast. Yeah, we just you know we went out with such a bang with the one with Aaron that it was it's a tough one when to top. Spilt his spilt his big gulp. Spilt his his, his big bojangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to tell him where to find that one. That's episode eighty-one. No, we're not that far yet. We're yeah. not that far yet. I think this will be. So I think 13. this will be seventy-two. It's something. It's pretty close to that. <laughs> All right. It's still fresh. But yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was a fun time. That was good. What'd you do? What are you doing with yourself? How was the bus, Monty? Things are starting to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, we're in November now. No, we're in December. Mm-hmm. Today's the last day of November. Death slowing down. What about you? I don't work on a bus. <laughs> what do you do during the day? I sit exactly where I'm sitting right now. And right. I'll talk into the microphone or I'll edit stuff on the computer. That's that's it. That's pretty much what I do. Lord knows I ain't getting spots in this fucking town anymore. You know? What? Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta's for the birds at this point, in my opinion. Time to move back home. So, or move back to Tennessee. It is, yeah, it's time to it's it's about time to get the fuck out of here. I know that. Ain't getting no spots nowhere. And not even trying anymore. You know what I mean? I'm just kinda I'm just kinda over. Yeah. I'm just like even for the skull, I'm just at the point where it's like even the the two and a half minutes it takes to send my avails is too much effort for me to get two spots every fucking three months. You know, so I'm yeah. just over it. So I'm just fucking. I went to the open mic last night. I couldn't even get a spot. Wow. They had fucking, you know, they had 22, 22 people who have never done comedy pretty much. And then 16 other open micers just showed up. So it's like, what the fuck am I even doing here? Man, this is the life of trying to get a comedy career going. I guess. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And a lot of lulls in between and. A lot of stuff people don't see, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the and anybody, the fame just and about fortune. anybody that they see on TVs had these same deals coming up. Just about. Know? Well, now it's a little bit different, you know, with TikTok and the internet and YouTube and shit like that. Like, you know, there's people out there, like realistically, like people who blew up on TikTok who. Yeah, who've but never done stand up. Yeah, you go see them at a show, and it'll it'll come through right quick. Yeah, if for they, sure. You know that doesn't TikTok doesn't translate the stage. No, no, it doesn't. But uh, they still, I know it's like a cheat code, or they get to skip the steps. Yeah. But even then, you know, unless they're really. Unless they're really into it, like a guy, maybe like a Steve-O or something like that, where it's like, this is the thing that I'm going to do from now on is do stand-up. But most of it's like, 
you know, you get that that fucking that big viral video, and then it's like, let me yeah. let me capitalize as much as I possibly can on this and book, oh, yeah. a, book a year tour, sell out every weekend, bomb everywhere I go, yeah, and then just you know, and then move on to the next thing and go back to dancing. Because it was YouTube before it was TikTok. Yeah, it still is a little bit. I don't know. YouTube's getting. I think YouTube's on its way out, man. I know, but I'm saying before TikTok, it was YouTube that these guys would get booked oh, all sure. over the place, and then had nothing to back it up with once they once they got out to the venue that booked them. Yeah. Well, they were just TikTok. I don't want to hate. Why not? <laughs> I don't want to. You don't want to sound bitter. I'm I'm not bitter. I'm bitter. I mean, we are though. Yeah, we are kinda. Uh, I'm not. I'm not bitter. It is. It's like it's. I don't know. I maybe music's the same. It maybe it's just art or art using that in like quotes or whatever in general, to where it's like. There's just like the shit that we've done and we've gone through, and people can just skip over all of that. You know, and get the thing that we're trying to get at, which ideally is like headlining weekends, touring, doing comedy or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's like, calendar. yeah, you can't. You, you can't. can even take, you know, just a, you want a full calendar featuring and then headlining as much as you can. But, you know. Yeah, I don't need that's. I don't even think I want that anymore. I don't even want to feature anymore. I just want to do my own shit. That's it. All right. That's all I want to do. Well, I mean, if you're supposed to do the stair steps. You, just... I mean, you're so old school I know, with it, though. I know, you're so I know. it's okay. I mean, it's so it's it is what it is. But, yeah. Who do you feature for anymore? Do you feature for anybody anymore? Celebrities at Zany's. Oh, okay. So you do like okay, like the big weekends. But is anybody taking you out with them? No, not yet. Yeah. You're the only one that takes. There's always, you know, I'm always, I'm always positive about it. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) I remember, uh, this has been several years ago and Joe Coy, I told this Joe Coy was at Zany's and we were just doing a showcase, but he had showed up a day early and I had a good set at Zany's, but everybody went up. They heard that Joe Coy was up in the balcony and he watched the show. Everybody went up there to meet him. They're like, come up here and meet Joe Coy. And I was like, I don't want to bother him. He came to me and said, here's my assistant's email. Email her, tell her that, you know, I sent you and we'll talk from there. Dude, I was so excited on the way home. And uh, I don't think I emailed the next day. I didn't want to look desperate. So it was like the day after that, and I never got a response. But my whole, for like two days, I dreamed that I was going to feature go on the road with Joe Coy. Yeah, I feel that way. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it, too. Maybe you should have emailed more. But it's like anybody who's ever been like, hey, hit me up when you're in town. Or if you see me coming through, hit me up and I'll I'll get you on. It's never fucking happened. Really? Never. Never. I've had uh, Jermaine, Funny Man. Funny Man. He, uh, 
he did that. He he saw me and Brad Sativa, and he said, "I'd like to take you on." Uh, he said, "I'd like to do more shows with you," and he sure enough did. He kept to it, and he took us down to Tuscaloosa, and we did a theater, uh, the Bama Theater. He came through. Um, I remember whenever the first year that I started, uh, Chattanooga guy Ed Kaler, uh, he saw me in it was Chattanooga and he said I'd like to have you on a show and he did he took us down to Macon Georgia and we did a show I mean it happens sure sure I've done I guess more like local shows but anytime I've ever like worked with somebody and done like a weekend and but hey here's my number hit me up whenever you're coming through never Never. I got a list of fucking people I've hit up, and they just either don't get back or it's busy or whatever it is. Mark Norman yeah. did do me a, a kind of a solid one time. He at least gave me a contact that uh, in New Orleans. It's a contact that I already had and had already reached out the dude, but he never would get back to me. But then I was like, well, maybe if I tell you that Mark Norman sent me, you'll yeah. respond to my email because you're just a local guy in New Orleans. But sure as shit, he didn't. Then I went and did it, did an open mic with him and buried that motherfucker. Mark Norman? No, no, I love Mark. No, the dude that Mark told me to hit up in oh. New Orleans. <laughs> that is, that is, I mean, that is pretty good. Mark, Mark still remembers what it was like. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's, he's doing. He's blown up, but he still remembers. Very real. I think he's just now getting into theaters, too. I think he's doing a theater in Atlanta sometime in December. I think he's doing Buckhead Theater. But last time he was, I think the last time he came through Atlanta was like one of the last time that they did a headliner at the Skull or something like that. Because I was a resident, so I got to work with him. And he was just in Nashville, too. So that was like the perfect transition because he was at Zany's or whatever. And everyone's like, Oh, you're going down to Atlanta. You know, Joe's down there. You're going to, Joe's going to be great. You're going to love Joe. So it was just like a good, he already knew about, who I was coming down sort of thing. It was about this time last year that I worked with him, uh, for the weekend at Zany's. Bro, he's, he's, great. he's the best man. He's, he's yeah. a funny, a wacky dude. He fucking, it was like the last show of his weekend like the late show saturday right and uh he has maybe three minutes left on stage and some lady in the front row just fucking pukes (laughs) all over the place while he's in while he's in his closer you know what i mean oh my gosh (laughs) so he did like an extra 20 somehow he got out of it still and like they left people came and cleaned up the puke and he still ended very very strong it was you know it's like it just to think about just the struggle that people have to deal with like a check drop you know what i mean when people start giving out the tickets so they go now it's time to settle up pay your tabs whatever and that's like you imagine smelling vomit it was it's so nasty (laughs) it's so nasty (laughs) oh my gosh that lady was fucked up the whole show it was ridiculous but he made it through that's some pro level shit you know hey can you pause this i mean yeah i'll cut it I'll, i'll cut it up i'm gonna pee too as a matter of fact all right All right, good.
I can't take. Okay. <laughs> I already got a peek. Look at that. <laughs> Same time. <laughs> We're in sync, my dude. This <laughs> shit's funny. <laughs> What's the worst thing that's happened to you while you've been on stage as far as like an audience? Has anything ever happened to like an audience member or something other than the usual people just yelling stupid shit out? Has anybody ever puked or, or fucking something bad, getting uh, a fight or anything? You've been how long have yeah, you been doing comedy had, now, Monty? God damn. Twelve years. And that's it. We have yeah. During my um my first recording, album recording or whatever. Um there was a friend that came. She got super drunk. Casey, did she puke? Whenever I was recording my <laughs> first the special guest in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't want to say a name. But she got super drunk and you could hear her over there. I think she puked. But it wasn't obvious if she did. Uh, Joe asked, what's the worst thing that's happened? <laughs> so I was, I was featuring for Tim Wilson and he was notorious for provoking, uh, audience. He'll get them going. And a fight broke out there that it was in Chattanooga and At the old comedy catch, a, a fight between two tables. Yeah. Uh, at the old one between two tables, they started fighting, and Tim jumped in the middle. And then uh, Alfano came out there and broke it up. But Tim was really good about you know, yeah, they did kick. Yeah, he was waiting after the show, he said he was gonna wait on Tim. And they had rented a limousine this party, and so this guy was sitting at on his he was sitting at the rear of this limousine with his arms crossed acting like he's waiting on tim wilson to come out and i went back in and told tim i said that dude's out there waiting on you he goes good he went out there just like busted down the door trying to get out there tim did yeah yeah he said that won't be the first time i went to jail <laughs> at, a, <laughs> at a comedy show and uh tim went out there lit a cigarette and that guy never said nothing. I think he he just kind of slowly got into the back of that limousine. Never said nothing. Just, you know, uh, what else have, with audience? Bro, a good limo story. That's still, that's still one of my favorite fucking comedy times or whatever. Because I wasn't even that. I was like whatever a year or two in with you out in Jackson. Oh yeah. When you were we head went, when you were headlining and you fucking we ripped after. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we went to the after where they had the after party, whatever that was. Well they took us in their limo. It was somebody's birthday they and they had their whole it. limo. Yep. Gave us Bud took Lights limo. Rodeo, whatever the fuck was going on. Rodeo Hobbs <laughs> or Rodeo So electrical or mechanical bull or something like that. Yeah, But that was just like, I almost got spoiled because that was so early on. I was like, oh, this is what 
this is what the road's going to be like. <laughs> limos going to the Yeah, to the limos going, hey, you were funny. Why don't you guys come with us? We'll take care of you the whole night. <laughs> cut to cut to eight years later, it's like there's a lot of times where nobody wants to talk to you at all. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of times I did bad, and I don't want nobody to talk to me. That too, yeah. I didn't need that sympathy yeah, shit. Yeah. No, we loved I you. I don't even want to go out there and meet them. Isn't that the worst fucking thing where it's like you bomb and you know you bomb. And then for some reason, people come up to you after the show and we go, hey, we loved you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Well, sometimes you know how those jokes go. You know how those jokes got big laughs. And sometimes people don't know. Maybe your your standards are higher. Maybe it just wasn't a very vocal crowd. Maybe they were having a good time. That could be inside. too. Or maybe you just maybe you are spoilt with bigger laughs. They were all having the same amount of good times, but it just was on a different level. I don't know. I've ne- I mean. I don't... <laughs> A silent good time is something you have by yourself. You don't I know. <laughs> you don't go I out know. to a comedy club and go, I'm having a great time. I'm just going to sit here and not smile or make a sound. But I'm really loving yeah. what's going on right now. I'm telling you that you, you do. You have those. And I don't know how it happens that all those people show up at the same show. Yeah. But they're just like not laughers, but having a good time. They're I e- don't know. They're either full of shit or they're autistic. It's one of the two. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know that you you have though. You've had those shows where they come up to you afterwards and they're like, "That was great," and I'm like, "Really?" Because I felt like I bombed the whole time. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like I saw you not laughing. So why why are you telling me you had a great time? Maybe some people I'm, just don't laugh. Some people are just not outside laughers well their heart their heart is full of chuckles i think their mouth is empty well i think they're liars but you're Maybe. you're you're optimistic kind of guy <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> you don't want to be delusional though no of course not i've never said i killed it and then nobody talked to me i've never said i killed it anyways but you know all those times i thought okay i've bombed i've never been you ever been i don't think you would say if you did but how bad would that be that you thought you killed you go out there to meet the people afterwards and everybody just walks right past you like you didn't that's what brian dorfman told me at zany's you never bomb as hard as you think you did, and you never kill as hard as you think you did. I got to disagree with Brian on that. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I feel like I can tell when I do well, and I can tell when I don't. Yeah, but did you do as bad as you thought? I don't think you ever do as bad as you thought. Like, you're like, this show sucked. I bombed the whole time. You never do that bad. 
No, I have done that bad. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's as bad as you think. I think it is, Monty. I think have I did I ever tell you about the, the the time I think it was in San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. Whenever I was leaving Seattle and I was closing out some brewery show and I was doing like forty five minutes and I bombed for the whole forty five, like nothing. Oh my God. Nothing at all. Nothing oh. at all. Bomb, 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 bomb. And I ran through every joke and no one's laughing. And I finally come. I'm just like at this point, because I always do the set list too. I've done everything I, on the set list. I've done everything I could think of. And I'm standing there just talking, just trying to think of one more joke. And finally it pops in my head. And I go, This, I got my purse joke. I can close on my purse joke and then I'll get the fuck out of here. And right as it clicks in my head, this lady in the second row has a fucking seizure. Had that. Had a straight seizure, started shaking, fell out of her chair. So now I'm just standing there on stage, not telling jokes, not knowing what the fuck to do. You know what I mean? But I guess I they, they got her we taken care of. It was a fucking disaster. But then afterwards, I that was out of that whole trip, because that was like 100 days on the road. 101 days on the road is what I did. I didn't sell more merch after any other show than that one. People came up and bought a bunch of shit. And it's like, I don't know. Really? Either you feel bad for me, or I think it was just people felt bad. I think people forgot how bad I did. That lady, her almost dying saved me. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe maybe they liked the way you kept your composure. Maybe. During all that. I just stood there. And we were in Clarksville, and a lady had a seizure. Remember that? It happened at out front too. Oh, good old out front, man. I have memories every day from out front. Yeah. I was that, I get everything. Uh, George on the tail, Manis man. took so many pictures and we were there evidently every night from probably nine years to what? About five years ago, probably in four years, I have a memory on Facebook every day from that place. Yeah. It was the perfect spot because you could get, as far as like someone who's starting out or just doing whatever, yes. it was like you could get yeah. so much time down there. You yep. know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. great for that. George was all about like, you want to do time? Do some time. Yep. Figure out how to do love, 40 minutes. Yep. I loved him for that. Because there was so many people starting out that got uh, got to do long sets that uh -huh. they wouldn't anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And even uh, even now, I'm trying to think, even like in town here in Atlanta, like most sets are like eight minutes. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not getting like 15, 20, let alone 40 minutes. A year and a half he in, was, he's like, yeah, oh, he headline your show, make your poster. We'll get some people in here and you do your thing. We'll see what happens. He was so supportive of everybody. He was such a good dude. I mean, he's still alive. He ain't dead. <laughs> but that era is gone. And it yeah. was. It was. I felt like it was about four years. If it was that long. That's it? I don't even know if it was that long. What do you think? But. Just to say, it was a. 
is a small little theater in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right next to the campus of MTSU. Little BYOB theater that was just Mm -hmm. like, here's, I have this space. You guys do whatever you want with it. It's fucking incredible. Yep. It was so good. We had so much good times there. I remember J-Dub did a show there one weekend, and afterwards, they made us, like, legit uh, wings. Remember that? They brought in a fryer, made us some legit uh, hot wings. I don't even know where they – it wasn't buffalo. It was like a family recipe. And – just little stuff like that, you know, made everybody on the show. There's YouTube videos of me dancing. Yeah. yeah. Out dance, yep. The shots dance. <laughs> yeah. The shot dance. And then whenever Irene made that, uh, made that music video. Yeah. Uh, Gap teeth. Yeah. I was in that and we took, uh, we made video from there. We yeah. Made video. I was, I took pictures of all that. Yeah. That's back when I had the, that camera. Yeah. And then there was one winner. His landlord was a piece of shit. And his, uh, we had no heat. We was doing a weekend show there, and there was absolutely no heat, remember? And it was just as cold. felt like it was colder in there than it was outside. Yeah, the, white, the pipes bust. Oh, Jesus. Wasn't it? It was like a big scenario of, uh, yeah, the floor was rotted. Uh, the yeah. sewer backed up. They were backed up constantly. It would smell like poop in there. It was, <laughs> it was a great venue, though. Yeah, so I, I suppose so. <laughs> There's no way it ever made any money. I feel like I was around when it smelled like shit too. Was it in one particular spot that it smelled like shit? I felt, no, I felt like it was like if it rained. Yeah. And the ground got saturated or something. I don't know that it would, uh, the sewer would back up. Didn't one of the floors in the, one of the bathrooms completely collapse? Did one of the floors in the bathroom completely collapse? I'm pretty sure that was a thing right towards the end. Like right at the door, I think it was like uh, that pe- one bathroom just- the second bathroom. Can you hear her at all? A little bit. The second bathroom, <laughs> she said, the floor collapsed. <laughs> yeah, the door. Yeah, Monty's conscience checking in on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she can remember stuff where there's gaps. Yeah. She probably remembers every goddamn thing. Me and you where there's gaps. I got her. Yeah. Yeah. There's always right around 1030. There starts to form a gap every (laughs) single night. 1030. There starts to be gaps in the night. (laughs) (laughs) She said nine. Nine. That could be. No, we're. Bro, I remember we can hold better than that. Yeah, but out front, I was drinking, I was drinking vodka and Gatorade a lot. She said five o'clock. For who? She brought up the butter. Oh fuck! (laughs) 
Oh, that's still the worst. Do you want the you worst told that I know. Before? I've never talked about that on the podcast. No, absolutely <laughs> not, man. It's the worst. The worst fucking night of my life. I know that. You want to tell it? Sure, we can. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about it. That was. I mean, fuck. I was. I, I couldn't even have been another great venue. Another Spankies. great venue where I started. It's where you started. That's where I started too. And yeah. A lot of great memories at that place. Yeah. I never missed. It was on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I never missed. Sometimes that was, you know, that was the only show starting out. We didn't have open mics every night like we do now. Sometimes two. We only had that one. And every now and then they would be like a once a month. But Spanky's, if you missed Spanky's, you didn't have a show that week, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then we had we had showcases at Zany's. They were very generous with uh, locals too. Well, I think, but those didn't come along much because Zany's wasn't open seven days a week like they are now either. Yeah, things was like picked uh, up in Nashville just overall. Oh my gosh, yeah. Especially because even when I started too, whenever I started coming to Spanky's, that was after the divide. Or whatever. So there was Spanky's was yeah, the East Room was going on. I think Bobby's was pretty regular. I think Springwater was going on at that point in time. Third and Lindsley. Did you ever go to Rusty Nail? No. I never went to Third and Lindsley. Bro, I went to Third and Lindsley twice before I started doing comedy and just sat in the parking lot with my notebook and left twice. We did do a a benefit there one time for a guy with open heart surgery. Remember that? And he showed up, he had just got out of surgery, maybe two weeks, and there was a rock band there, and then they had comedians, and this guy, he shows up for his benefit, and he has a pillow on his chest, because he's not, you cannot touch his chest. If somebody was dancing around in this rock band and hit this dude, hit him in the chest, it could start stop his heart or i don't know maybe his maybe his chest pops open i don't know but you could so he had a pillow over his chest the whole time just in case somebody hit him was he was he doing stand-up was he a comic no he was in he was in a rock band oh he it seems like he probably should have just stayed home yeah but he wanted to be there for his uh for his benefit Wouldn't that be funny as you make you make enough money to, to cover the open heart surgery and someone bumps him in the chest, he just <laughs> <laughs> kills him. <laughs> this we all did. goes to a funeral now. <laughs> we reached our goal and then he gets in the pit. He gets so excited, yeah. <laughs> but they have a really high stage, right? Yeah. Thurden Lindsley has yeah, a it's really a, it's high a, it's stage. a music venue. Yeah. Like Vince Gill has a, a uh, Monday night show there every week. I'm not Vince Gill and the Time Jumpers. I'm not too sure who that is, Monty. If I'm gonna be honest with Vince you, Vince Gill. Yeah, I don't think I know who that is. He's like a country. Go rest high. What's he saying? On that mountain. What? What's a good one? Eliza Jane. I don't know how that goes. But that rest high on the mountain, they play that at every funeral. 
Is it this? Progress Can you see? Is it this? This? This guy? Can you see that? Did that pull up for you? Yep. That's Vince Gill. Yep. He's fatter now. Fat as fuck, dude. He looks like a big fat slob. Yeah, he used to be a skinny. He was <laughs> always pale, but just skinnier. Well, that dude, he's like a. He's a veteran. Well, yeah, he's married to Amy Grant. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who that is either. No, I know those I names, but I don't. I, I really don't know who they are. But that's cool. Nashville's the place to be. All the celebs are out and about, you know? Yeah. Did you hear, <laughs> did you hear the dog barking? No, I didn't. Okay, good. It's my three-legged dog. What'd you do with that fourth leg, Monty? I guess it's in the trash. I don't know. <laughs> this has been a whole... This has been our year, dude. 2021, this dog. Fourth of July. He jumps out the truck window. Uh, he sees a chipmunk in the road. Jumps out the window. While it's moving? After this, yes. Jesus. Like 40 miles an hour. <laughs> he jumps out the window straight into a road sign. The only road sign on our road. He hits it. And it just shatters his femur. Oh, shit. I can't believe it didn't kill him. It, but this is a huge dog. He's 122 pounds. He was. He's lost. <laughs> he's lost that leg now. So he's about 114. <laughs> but so we pay five thousand dollars. We want to get him fixed. You know, they're like, we can we can amputate the leg. And we end up taking him to Nashville, taking him to some big animal hospital. And we're like, Can you fix the leg? And they're like, We'll try. We're like, well, that's what we want. We want to keep him whole, you know. And about a month <laughs> goes by. I can tell you exactly. It was uh, Labor Day. It was Labor Day weekend. Take him outside. So 4th of July to Labor Day. We take him outside to pee. And he just goes down. And he starts crying. And he's crying more. He's in more pain than whenever he hit the sign. And... We take him uh, back to that hospital, and they said that the bone didn't calcify. It was just too many pieces. It exploded. It was too many pieces. And they said, we're going to have to cut the leg off. And they put rods and plates and screws and all that stuff in his leg the first time to try to keep it together. And it just didn't work. And so they cut the leg off, which, by the way, Joe, they charge you just as much to take parts out as they did to put them in. So five thousand there, five thousand take it off, and they and the doctor. Uh, whenever we went, whenever the doctor calls us after they amputated it, this doctor he says this was the bloodiest surgery I have ever seen in my life, like where the the bone just separated. Uh. There was blood pockets. This is a word. Blood pockets everywhere. So anyway, we get the dog. We get the leg taken. So they off. just chop off the leg and it like exploded. I think as they're cutting into it, yeah, 
It's just they come into these pockets Ooh. of blood and then just everywhere. But anyways, so we get him, we get the leg amputated, and he's doing he's doing good, you know. He's uh, he's figuring it out. And this is the cool thing about dogs. He don't want you to feel sorry for him. He don't even care. He know, like he doesn't miss the leg. He just wants to play. He wants to run. You know, he don't care. He doesn't feel sorry for himself or nothing. It's great. So many people should learn from this dog. Doesn't feel sorry for himself. Nothing. Just wants to play. Wants you to pet him. Wants you to rub his belly. You know. So. Uh, Halloween. It's been a it's been a holiday every time. Halloween <laughs> goes outside to use the bathroom. Goes down again. He can't stand on that one rear leg that he's got left. We take him to the hospital again. Is in the middle of the night. It's always in the middle of the night, and he has blown out his ACL and the only good leg that he has. Now dogs don't have ACLs, but it's just the equivalent of what an ACL is. So now we've got him. He's been in a sling since July. I have to take him, hold him by his rear in a sling to go pee and poop, and we go all over the yard, and he sniffs, finds rabbits, and trails of rabbits and i have to just try to keep up this dog's <laughs> like a this dog is, a, is the size of a human and it's me trying to hold you back it's like if i put you in a sling and you really wanted like some booty to lick Shit. It, it's me trying Shit. to hold you back it's <laughs> me trying luck. to hold you back from getting that booty and ain't gonna happen dude i know right. that i know that yeah we're both wore out by the time I take him to go potty. It is. We both come back in breathing heavy. But anyways, I think we've got him straightened out. He's. We have spent since July, though. We have spent it down here in the basement. We sleep on the floor. You do? A, uh, yeah. So we can be with him. He can't go up steps. So we can't go back upstairs to the bedroom yet. And that's where they used to sleep is, you know, they got their own little beds next to the bed. But he can't go up steps. So I've got a, a mattress down here. And we have slept in the basement on the floor to be with him since July. It's. We just. I told the doctor, I said, this is the most expensive free dog. Cause this is a dog that my daughter had found on the side of the road and, uh, in a porn ring covered in mange. You could see his ribs. I mean, he was pitiful whenever we got him. I said, but this is the most expensive free dog I have ever had in my life. And the vet goes, <laughs> there's no such thing as a free dog. So. 13,000 for the ACL or 3,000 for the ACL surgery. So we've got $13,000 in this dog. And that's, you, that's that's not enough money to carry. You can't carry him up the stairs to your regular bed. No, dude. He's like, uh, I'm telling you he's 120 something pounds. You're strong, man. Monty, you can lift up 120 pounds. 
But it's not even that. It's you don't want him to hurt himself again. So he's not going to let you carry him. He tries to do everything himself. He don't know uh, that he's supposed to be taking it easy. We have to give him like Valium. That's pretty to cool. Keep him calm. You ever dip into to that? Keep him calm. Well, <laughs> just so he don't hurt himself. I know, know, but so you ever split one with him? No. <laughs> <laughs> he needs every, he needs every bit of it. He takes he's so big, he takes like two and a half twice a day just to keep him a, just a little bit sedated so he don't hurt himself. He's still a puppy, basically. He's two years old. Oh shit. And he just wants to he just wants to play. How do you know how old he is if 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 you found him on the road? Because uh, he was a puppy then. He was like a okay. little puppy. Okay. I gotta pee again. Can we pause? You're fine, Monty. Go pee. Thanks. I'll see. <laughs> Fucking goofball. <laughs> Monty's a good friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep the podcast going. Who gives a fuck? This is the first dude to take me under his wing as far as comedy goes and look out for me and make sure I was getting spots and taking me on the road and giving me extra time. Monty's a great man, and he's always uh, looked out for me as far as comedy goes. So I have a great uh, appreciation for him as a human being, but a lot of I, I, love, I love Monty Mitchell to death. I wish uh, I don't think he put out any of his albums, but uh, if you ever get a chance to see him, y'all should check him out if you're up in Nashville. Monty's a great just one of the best, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Great, great comedian. Just a generally a good person. As you can tell, invested fucking 13 grand in a fucking dog. I would have thrown that thing in the woods, you know. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I was just keeping the podcast going and talking about how you're a great man. And if I were in your shoes and I had a dog that didn't have a leg that worked, I'd probably chuck it out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bro, I got, I got thirteen grand to spend on. Even if I lost my own leg, I wouldn't spend thirteen grand to get it back. Well, if it all come at once, nah, I'd still do it. But it didn't come all at once, you know. It was five thousand here. It was five thousand a month later, and then it was three thousand. So it's just, if if it all come at, I'd still do it. You should see this guy's face. He's just adorable. yeah. I'm also surprised that that more dogs don't jump out of windows. You know I, what I mean? Well, the, he's been on a thousand rides. Every time we go to the dump, the dump is the big day for them. All the smells. Oh my god, they go berserk. Do you like whenever I start loading up trash into the truck, they go berserk. They love trash day and he's probably been in the truck a thousand times and he's never tried to jump out the window you know you you, you never you used to not roll it down all the way because you didn't know what they were going to do yeah after a while you know you just oh, i just never thought about it for two years he'd been riding in the truck and never jumped out i like but the this one day he saw this chipmunk. I saw it. I didn't know that he saw it. But he was like looking out. Like he was looking out the front just like we were. And 
and they saw it jumped out when they hit that sign you know you ever hit a beer bottle on a road sign no i haven't no i haven't done that it was so <laughs> loud it was so loud it just i can't believe it didn't kill him 40 miles an hour you probably hit that sign just straight from the truck window right into the sign yeah and it was the back leg that that got broken yeah too. that's what that's, yeah, that's so, even stranger well well that means he almost cleared the sign <laughs> Whenever he, it's just, just barely. Yeah. 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 But the good thing was that's like the most <laughs> meaty part. That's the meatiest part of him. That's the, that's like all the muscles and stuff. Yeah. I suppose. So yeah. If he was going to hit anywhere, it'd be right there. You know, if it caught him in the middle or if it caught him up front, you know, it would have killed him. Puncture some organs, but, some shit like that. Well, and that was a thing too. Whenever we took them, I didn't think about this. We just like we knew the leg was broke, but they wanted to do X-rays over his whole body to make sure that he didn't. When you hit like that, you dislodge organs. You know, he can dislodge his lungs and everything just coming to a stop like Shit. that. So they wanted, they did. They X-rayed his whole body, made sure his intestines were still, you know, uh, in track and all that stuff. But just that kind of a jar will dislodge other shit inside. Yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, that's he's the toughest dog. Jesus. It almost sounds like the the vet was like a like when you go to get your oil changed and they're like we could take care of this but also we should check everything else cuz we'll tack on uh, maybe tack, we'll get you some new wiper blades. Get no, you a new blinker. Like, that make sense? You've had a you can have people in car wrecks, they have their seatbelt on. But they hit so hard that it'll dislodge their organs and they'll die. They'll bleed out from the inside and not have anything on the outside. Yeah, I'm, hit nothing. Yeah, I'm. I don't think you should ever wear your seatbelt because it's very dangerous. I think if you, yeah, <laughs> you're safer not wearing a seatbelt. That way, you just fly out of the car rather than. If you're like a, I heard that like if you're a certain size, that it is more dangerous. That the seatbelt could hurt you more. It if could you're like be. a little person. If you're a little person, I also don't. I also don't think you should have to wear one Any if person. you don't want to. No, I. It definitely shouldn't be a law. It's a bullshit reason to pull people over. I exactly. think that's what that is. Same thing exactly. with same thing with yeah. Texting is terrible, but I think it's kind of the same sort of thing. Whenever I was coming up to. Uh, I was going up to Indy to do that weekend with Big J. I got pulled over. Uh, where do they do Bonnaroo at, Monty? Manchester. Manchester. I tell you, I got pulled over in Manchester with a half ounce of weed on me. Uh, was it Darren Bonnaroo? No, I was going up to, I was coming up, I was driving up to Nashville on a Wednesday to stay the night in Nashville because I had to get up to Indy because I was going to be there for the weekend at Helium. But I go, I'm going through Manchester and I see a cop. I'm in the right lane. I'm, I'm like, I'm like 30 yards behind an 18 wheeler. Cause I don't speed. I like to set the cruise and just chill, but I see the cop and, uh, he decides to, he gets behind me and he pulls me over and he's like, you were texting. And I was like, I wasn't texting. Like I saw, I don't know how you I had my sunglasses on too, but he's like, I saw you texting. It's like, I don't know how you could see my eyes when I had my sunglasses on and I saw you, 
but uh but he smelled weed <laughs> i got put in the back uh well i i probably got done smoking like 10 minutes ago plus i had a half ounce in my backpack but he's talking and, and running his mouth the whole time and i got out-of-state tags anyway i still have michigan tags haven't lived there since 2009 but you know how i do <laughs> still got them so he's Lazy. like no, it's just I well part of it part of it was I was moving around a bunch but also when I was living in my van I always figured that was a good out in case something did happen to where some a cop was like, "Well, what are you doing blah blah blah, you're living in your van." It's like, "No, I'm just traveling. I do comedy." Okay. So that's what I, I was that. telling the dude. I was like, "No, I'm just going up going up to Nashville. I'm going to Zanies, whatever. I'm doing a show." I wasn't, but I just knew I just knew if something happened, like that's a good point of contact. So we start talking about Zanies. Like, oh, I've been there, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. You sure you weren't texting? I was like, I'm pretty sure I was not texting. Like, I had my phone's in the passenger seat. Like, I wasn't texting. He goes, Well, I smell marijuana. And I was like, Well, it's in my backpack. You know, like I'm not trying to fight him on it or anything like that. Uh, and he's like, well, how much is it? Is it just a little smoke sack? And I'm like, yeah, it's a smoke sack. He's like, well, how much is it? I'm like, it's a half ounce. <laughs> so he puts uh, he puts me in the back of the cop car. He's like, you mind if I search your car? It's like, no, I mean, do what you got to do at this point. He didn't put me in cuffs, but he <laughs> put me in the cop car. And I was like, yeah. on, on the way out, I was like, do you want me to open my trunk for you? Because I knew he wasn't going to be able to get into it because the button doesn't work on the remote to like unlock it. And he's like, no, 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 I'll get it. I'll get it taken care of. So he puts me in the back of the cop car, and I'm watching him search through it, everything. Is it in your van? No, this is, is this, is the, this is the Buick at, at this point. Yeah, it's the Buick. Uh, yeah. Buick. Yeah. But Didn't you have alumina? I did. Zeb bought it, and then somebody stole the sunroof out of it. <laughs> <laughs> out of all things. Yeah, so 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 he bought it from me. Somebody stole the sunroof and then it rained, so it ruined the whole fucking car. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. But I don't dude, the cop was like in the back of the cop car. He's trying to get in the trunk. He can't get in the trunk. And I wish I, I, I wish I wish I could find like the dash cam footage of me in the back of the car because i'm like just laughing you laughing i was dying monty i was dying in the back of that car and he comes up he gets to the truck and then he comes around he gets me out and he's like all right your keys are in the front seat go sit down i'm gonna write you a warning nice <laughs> like for what for weed and then he didn't write me a warning or anything he just came up and he's like you know uh, I don't care what people do at home, blah, blah, blah. But when it's out on the street, it's my problem and this and that and the other. He's like, where? And he let me keep it. He let me keep all my weed, the whole half ounce. He's like, where? yeah, yeah. But also, <clears throat> it was a thing where it was just like, I just was so over. As soon as he hit the lights, I was like, well, I'm going to jail. So I have to right. go. It was my first weekend at Helium, too. Like, I've never worked Helium before. So I'm like going, Saint okay. Louis? uh indy indianapolis so i'm like i have to call these people and go hey i'm in jail i can't come up you know <laughs> i was like i gotta call my mom and let her know i'm in fucking jail and somewhere in fucking tennessee or some shit like that but he was cool as fuck and he let me keep my weed but now i don't now i can't smoke when i drive because now i'm i'm legit 
paranoid, paranoid. and concerned constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It, That's it, me. It, and uh, it's ruined. I got me. a DUI. I got a DUI in 2001. And to this day, still got me scared to death. I won't. I don't, not even, I don't even like to have a beer. If something happens and that's on your breath, it's, and drinking and driving was the funnest thing <laughs> you could ever do. Hey, hey, it still is. I know it is. I just can't. I'll... I remember after, I used to work at a factory and after, and there was no air conditioning in the whole place. And it was me and another buddy. He lived close to me, and we'd carpool to work. And then after work, we would go get a six-pack of Southpaw. It was like $3 a six-pack. What is Southpaw? It was just a cheap Like malt beer. liquor? Probably. Three bucks for a six-pack. Like steel reserve kind of shit? Like high? Yeah. Like 8.4%, but $2.50 a, a, a can or something? Yeah, Ugh. but I got to think that I've probably been drinking and driving since I was 16 years old and I got caught whenever I was 26, 27. So you got a good run. I had a good run and that was totally coming to me, you know, I sh but what we would do is just go down these country roads and there was one that we'd call, we'd go down on the creek. And it was in the middle of Jackson County. Seven knobs. And you just drive like five miles an hour, windows down. It was the music, whatever you wanted to play, you know. It was cassette tapes back then. And Jeez. it was your own nightclub, you know. But the scenery kept changing. It was great. We'd go down to the end of the creek, turn around, come back. Just five miles an hour, drink beer. You know, what was the speed limit? I don't know. It was a dirt road. Okay. So is that where you got pulled over? No. Oh, okay. I got pulled over. I thought you got, got pulled, pulled over, over for doing five miles an hour on a fucking road. No, you would never see a cop down there. Uh, I got pulled over on the interstate coming back. I had, I had, I went with another buddy to pick up. This was the day after Christmas. 2000 and i went to with another buddy to soddy daisy tennessee to pick up his wife his wife had been seeing her family for christmas and they were meeting back up she was in chattanooga and they were meeting back up and we drank all the way down to soddy daisy we drank all the way back how far is the drive and, uh, how far is soddy daisy Two hours. Okay. Two hours <laughs> you, you get some work done there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so he gets, he drops me off of, or we get to his house and I'm going to my house, which is on the other end of the County. I have to take the interstate to get there. And I'm speeding. Like I didn't even hit the interstate yet. I'm speeding on the on-ramp. I had this really fast car. And the highway patrol, two of them are sitting at the end of the ramp, mm -hmm. clocking traffic on the interstate. And here I come behind them on the on-ramp flying. And it took them a while to catch up with me, but it was all well-deserved. You know, I deserved it that night 
probably would have killed somebody. So, you think you could outran him? Yeah. Yeah. But in that car, yeah, I could have. But did you go to jail? Yeah, I went to jail. Hell Got yeah. DUI. Hell yeah. Did you fuck anybody while you were in there? <laughs> <laughs> they they put me in a thing by myself. I was uh, a crying mess. Oh. Uh, I was so drunk. I was a crying <laughs> mess. But they I finally t- they got tow your car too. That whole thing. No, they didn't tow my car. They I, I called my mom, and I left it on the side of the interstate, and it was still running. And, it, <laughs> and there was two highway patrols. So one of them, one of them stayed with my car, and whenever my mom got there, it was still running. It's probably been an hour later. It was still running, <laughs> and they just hopped in it and took it home. But it was well-deserved, and I've been scared ever since then. I haven't drank and drove since. Yeah, yeah. Drink and ride. You're a notorious drinker. Drink and ride. Rider. I am a drink, drink and rider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, but, I think that was one of the first times that you kind of – I mean, you already liked me before, I guess, but whenever we go out to Jackson, where it's like anytime, whoever we went with, everybody had a DUI except me. So it was like, well, I'll, yeah, take, I'll right. take care of it, boys. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, lesson learned. Yeah. Well, thank God. Thank God you haven't gotten drunk in, drunk I had a good run. in 20 years. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My buddy just, wow. he got like, fuck, man, like a maybe a month ago or something like that up in Flint. He's still up in Michigan, but uh, he ended up uh, going the wrong way on an on-ramp to get on the interstate. So he was going, he was going, he was going north on a southbound interstate, but he didn't hit anybody. He, I think, yeah, I haven't talked to him yet. I talked to him a little bit, but he had some, some other shit happen in his life. So that's what we were talking about. But, uh, I think what happened is he probably, he kind of snapped to and realized he was going the wrong way. And I think he kind of freaked out and flipped his fucking truck. Oh, so that's he didn't hit anybody do. or anything like that. So he he wrecked his truck, and that's how he got busted right. or whatever. But I think he had a DUI from years ago too. Everybody I know has a DUI, just about. Yeah, but me. Well, hopefully, circumstances. I don't. That's the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not. It's definitely not worth it. You're in a different... You're, I mean, you're in Cookville, too. So it's like, you know, smaller towns and shit like that. It's like... You got to get home. They know. Everybody knows each other, though, too. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's big money. A DUI is big money Huge for money. the county. Mm-hmm. So they, that's what they look for. You know, it seems like they look for that. I don't know about now. Uh, I try to stay on... I don't hang out. I don't go to clubs and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. How many clubs is it? So I don't know. Maybe they're looking for weed now. I don't know. They ain't looking for weed. Meth? No. Meth. I, I think, I think, I think, ten, I think Tennessee, I think either like 
right around the time wherever I got pulled over early this year or something like that, Tennessee did something. Maybe it was Nashville, but Tennessee was like a half ounce and under is just a misdemeanor now or something like that. It's decriminalized yeah. in Atlanta, not Georgia, just the city of Atlanta. It's decriminalized. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think DUIs is still big money here. Yeah, of course it is. Good court. I think it is everything. My sister got. But, go ahead. Back well, back to the seatbelt thing. That is the biggest bullshit law it's nonsense. ever. Because that doesn't it doesn't hurt anybody but you. Yeah. There are there are states that have seatbelt laws, but they also have they don't require helmets for people who ride motorcycles. You know what I mean? Yep. Where it's just like this is it's just That's another one. It's a bullshit reason to pull people over and then try and fuck with them in some other way. That's what it and, is. Same thing with texting. Texting's terrible when you're driving, but all you have to do as far as a cop's perspective is to go, you were looking down, you were texting, so I pulled you over. You weren't wearing uh, a seat. Texting, I didn't see your seatbelt. Texting, I can see more. I can see more texting. Yeah, it's, it, you're much more distracted. But I think about it from the sense of how the dude, when I got pulled over, all he had to do was say he pulled me over because I was texting. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. that's all he had to do was say you were texting yep. even though i was i don't text when i drive i'll get drunk as fuck bro <laughs> but i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna text that's, think, that's insanity <laughs> i think texting is more dangerous than drinking and driving uh it is it is i mean it, I I, it so. probably it probably depends who you're texting you know but if you're drunk at least your eyes never leave the road. Like you are trying to get home. Yeah. I think. And your eyes never leave the road. You are more on point when you're. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I think the best thing to do is just relax. Cause I think driving is mostly muscle memory. You know? Yeah. I think when people yeah. start thinking about it too much, that's when they get out of control. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, your body knows how to get home. If you keep if you take the same route all the time, your body yeah. knows your body knows. Well, think about that. Like you've drove home from work and not even remember mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way there. Yeah, yeah. You were thinking about a thousand other things. Yeah. You're just gone. And you're just you your muscle memory drove you home. Yeah. You don't even remember driving home. Uh-huh. It's just automatic. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, is that, uh, I mean, is spacing out more dangerous than, than texting or is it on the same level? I space out like, cause especially like going on, like on the road or going, whatever, driving for like five or six hours. And it's like going to a gig, you know, you start going over your set. Yeah. You know, start riffing. You do. I love riffing when yeah. I'm driving. Oh, me too. Especially by myself. Like, yeah, I'll do my set out oh, loud I, to myself. That's how I, I write. Is what I yeah, found me out. Too. That's that's mostly I don't in even, the shower or either driving. That's when I do my writing. It used to be in the shower, but uh I can a lot of times I don't turn on the radio. Me neither. I might drive for an hour. Connor Larson called even. me a sociopath or something like that because I don't I'll I'll not turn the radio on and drive for a long time. Yeah. He's like, that's crazy. I can do that. That's insane. 
I drove all the way to Florida without the radio ever being on. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so what we would do is like on road shows, we'd probably drive all the way to a gig, not listen to the radio. But on the way back, we got it blared. Yeah, because you feel or, good, you're having fun. Like, yeah. Especially like whenever I go to Nashville to do open mics, you know, the whole hour down, no radio. And she'll sit over there when she used to go. She would just sit over there too. And we'd sit in silence and I'd just think about what I'm going to do that night. But on the way back, after a few beers, we were singing at the top of our lungs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. West Virginia, Mount Mama. <laughs> Just all of it. <laughs> We've got, got I got a go to playlist. But do you know how many people I've talked to? Not I, I'm shitting on Connor or whatever, but I've talked to other people about like not having the radio on and that it legit scares people. I do that all the time though. Going to town. Yeah. I don't can you hear this dog? Is it bad? I can't hear that. You talking about Casey? Whoa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're talking about Casey. Calm down. I didn't hear the dog. I heard Casey say something. You heard Casey, but you can't hear this damn dog? Yeah, of course. He can hear you yelling at the dog, but he can't hear the dog. Not really. I heard just I just heard her say something. Dogs further away than Casey is. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that that makes sense. That could be. Still, Casey's not like she's still like uh, ten feet from me. Yeah. Well, she's got a lot of bass in her voice, you know. She's got a lot of treble. Treble. <laughs> treble. It carries. And I think the dog, he's he's bassy. The first podcast we did was with both y'all because you were driving somewhere to a gig, if I remember correctly, and you and had your phone in the storming. seat, storming like a motherfucker. Yeah, and we could. That's why we. So that's why I couldn't we use that audio. It audio. sounded like shit. Yeah, it was storming so bad, and I feel I have been in. We have went to so many shows, and it be. We've been in so many storms. Oh my gosh. Hey. hey! Oh, y'all, stop. The cat's in on it now. Hey. Causing a ruckus over there. There is a ruckus. Yeah. It's the first, whenever I first got my van and I took it up to Michigan to get the, the plate switched. Yeah. I realized... Looking back, I realized I had it was it was in Nashville. It would have been 2015, but like the night before, there was like a snowstorm that hit Nashville. But I had to get up to Michigan for whatever reason, so I didn't. I don't think it was registered, and I don't think I didn't have insurance on it. Wow! And I drove it through. It was snowing like a motherfucker in Tennessee, in Kentucky, in Ohio. And then once I got to Michigan, it was fine. But right, right as I got, as I was about to get out of Ohio, like three cars spun out right in front of me. And somehow I weaved through all three of them 
and just kept fucking going. We did that coming it's back insane. from Miami, Oklahoma. Jeez. It was Valentine's Day, and it started snowing. Were you doing a show? Yeah. What the fuck's in Miami? Uh, it was a casino. Oh shit! And uh, by the time we got to Kentucky, it was weird. You had to go up through Kentucky to come back down, and we come back down. Uh, by the time it was snowing in Kentucky, but whenever we got to Tennessee, it was all ice, and there were wrecks everywhere. And it took us what twelve hours to get home on a. It might have been longer than that because I feel like it was twelve hours to get to, out to Miami. It's a panhandle of Oklahoma, so all the way through. All right. Yeah. It might have took us like 15, 16 hours. And there were wrecks everywhere. But we've done that a lot. Going to Knoxville one time, we sat on the interstate for like three hours and never made it to the show. I've, God. We've been through so many hell storms. It's, it's, I so feel like Reed Timmer, like storm chasing. We've been through so many. And whenever I got this fancy car that I have now, I was in more hailstorms the first year that we had it than my little Saturn. I didn't care if it got beat the shit out of, but it, it hailed. Oh my God. We've been through so many damn storms, snow, ice, hail. It's, it's funny. Like, cause Atlanta will shut down when it snows or whatever. It's just like coming from Michigan or whatever, where it's just like, I, I was in driver's training. My my first day, like driving a car in driver's training, was like during a snowstorm, like like wet, thick fucking snow, road slick as fuck, and I'm having to drive. And the guy, the dude who I was driving with, so there was like two students. I was one of them, and then the other dude was like legit off the boat from Africa. You know what I mean? Wow. I had never yeah. like seen snow or anything like that. So I I drive. I'm the first one. The, the guy's like, you did great. Good job or everything. He's like, now it's your turn. We ended up in a fucking ditch with that kid. Like he spun out in a ditch. There's a Bible in the backseat. Rather than you would think a driver's ed teacher would be like, how about I handle this since we're in a ditch right now? But rather yeah. than do that, the guy just goes, hey, there's a Bible. Why don't you grab that and just start praying? Because I don't know if we're going to make it out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just some old dude. But even like, it's it. people have, just when it snows. I remember when I was in D.C. It never really snows in D.C., but my first year there, it dumped like two feet overnight. So people just abandoned their cars on the interstate. They just left them. People got out and walked home. So it's like, even after the snow melted, there's just a bunch of cars now that nobody knows what the yeah. fuck to do with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking insane. Well, you know, in Tennessee too, whenever we got that ice that we drove through and we've had it several times since, but nobody knows how to drive in no, snow or ice no. down here. Everybody's on their brakes. It's the worst thing you can do. That's the first thing you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there and we're driving behind them and you're like, get off your brakes. Yep. Get off your brakes. Yep. That's all you got to do. And it, it, you, we don't, 
I know that. I don't have a huge experience of driving in snow and no. stuff, but you know that. You're not going to stop on it. You're not going to stop on it at all. It's going to send you into the ditch. Mm-hmm. It's going to send you spinning. You're going to mm-hmm. it's going to send you into the guy next to you. It's going to So we're we've been fortunate to make it through all those things, but ah, it's amazing what happens to you on the road. I don't know how many hundred thousand miles that I have. I know that we've drove a lot. Two, three. We've drove three cars into the ground going to shows. Well, you've, you, would you say 12 years you've been doing comedy for? Yeah. I've drove three cars into the complete ground. It's, it's just good. shot transmissions, motors. And it's you not. Know, they just eventually give out because I, I keep my shit. Your oil is the lifeblood of your car. And I keep all my oil change ups to date. And at the highlight of us doing every open mic, which I don't do anymore, but not turning nothing down, getting oil changes once a month. Yeah. You know, you're driving that much. Because you you're driving you're driving three hour round trip just to go into Nashville to do a set. To do a set. It's two. It's an hour there, an hour back. Okay. But, uh, yeah, drive an hour to go do five minutes. Yeah, turn around, and come back. See, I, and that was something I thought about a lot last year, just when everything shut down. About how much time you invest in driving, and then sitting because you think, okay, let's say we're talking about Spanky's on a Tuesday in Nashville, right? Jesus, you, right. You, you drive an hour to get there, and you get there maybe forty-five minutes, an hour early before it starts, and then it's a right. then it's a three-hour, three-hour, four-hour, whatever. So there's five hours for five <laughs> minutes plus the hour back. So you invested yeah. six hours of time to do five but, minutes to not get paid, to not get nothing. But it's no. what you got to do if you want to figure out how to do, do this shit. You know. And I loved every minute of it. Me too. I look forward to it. I, if I didn't get to go on Tuesday, I was genuinely, genuinely upset. And it ruined my week. And, but you do it. I start getting really excited on Monday. And by Tuesday, I couldn't eat all day long. So excited to go do open mic that night. Yeah, yeah. And it was an event. It was uh it was a big deal. I'm sure back and before I started, whenever that whenever Spanky's was the only thing in town and y'all had forty motherfuckers in there or whatever. Yeah. You were, you were going till one or you started at eight and you're going till one in the morning or something like that. Yeah. It's like I wish I wish I could have been kinds, around for that. You get all kinds of people coming in doing trying to do comedy, you know. So you would see everything, the first timers to somebody like you that actually made it work. But you would have uh, the guy that come in and it was just his lifelong dream to do stand up. Yeah. And he does it one time and that's it. He was he was good. He was good with it. Yeah. It was a bucket thing, maybe. Yeah. And also and you never see that guy again. And also, it's yeah, like, all those people. The realization of what doing comedy is too, where it's like, is this what is this 
this is what it is. It's a bar on yeah. a Tuesday. And it's like, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A smoke filled room. Yeah. I loved it. That's whenever I, I started, they, they didn't have a fucking, they didn't have a host at Spanky's when I started. It was a rotating host. That's right. And then somebody didn't show up and I was like, well, I'll host. And then I just yep. kept doing it. And they were like, do you just want to host it? And I was like, yeah, I'll take it over yep. for sure. Yeah. So that was the move. That was, you know, that was guaranteed, especially as a host. You know what I mean? So you can, you can do time between everybody. You do time up top. You can do pretty much whatever you so, want. Yeah. That's whenever they asked me to do it. That's how I looked at it is that I can do time in between and I would do time in between everybody. So it lasted even longer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm going to capitalize. If you're going to make me host, I'm going to capitalize. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to play off other people's jokes, whatever it is. You yep. got, you got to pee again. Yep. Is that what you're doing? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Well, well, you stood up. I no, I was going to get another, but now you bring it up. Another seltzer. Now you put it in my head. Okay. You got to go yet? I'll go pee again. All right, let's do it. Let's take a piss break. All right. <laughs> Just going to title this one The Piss Break. <laughs> oh, I think I peed a little on myself. <laughs> mm, no, I'm good. Uh, well, this time. Little, little sprinkle sprackle. <laughs> I beat you back this time. Too. Barely. 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 We're talking shit. We've been having such a good time. Why you gotta start talking shit now, Monty? Motherfucker. <laughs> you worried about the new variant of COVID, Monty? Nope. No? Good. Oh. Good. I've been working on that bus since all this happened. In the closed bus. And I take my vitamins, do my exercise. Yeah. And, oh, Joe, I did get the vaccine, though. I know you did. I had to go see my granddaddy. He turned 101. Oh, shit. And so I did go get it before I went and seen him. I don't know. You're still going to get it, right? I guess so. I don't know. I've I don't want to get I, into this. I, I've been I chilling. Don't want to, I've Joe. been chilling. I've been fine the whole time. I'm I at, I haven't been sick in two years, but also I've been. I know I've been doing a lot different as far as just diet and exercise and everything like that. And then that, that didn't have yeah. anything to do with like, oh, I want to do this because of COVID. It just, I just. Just last no. year, just sitting by myself was like, I just need to change how I'm living a little bit, you know. Well, whenever I turned 46, I think it was, I went to the doctor for my yearly checkup, and they said that my cholesterol was border borderline. And so I tried to start changing my diet then, because before I was eating like dumpster. I was eating anything and everything. I didn't care. didn't think twice about it, but... And I changed stuff a little bit, just yeah. a little bit, not, not much, you know, and then started exercising and, uh, it's not, started exercising just to look better. Cause I was like, I was the worst kind of a skinny fat. So, you know, like skinny, skinny arms, skinny legs, but had a belly that, you know, 
I've never just seen you with a belly. belly. I've always known you. I had a belly. I had a fella. belly. And, uh, but I was skinny too. I've always been skinny. So like 45. So I guess it was three years ago. 45 started, started working out, exercising, started watching what I ate a little bit. And still smoking cigarettes and drinking, but. Maybe I'll cancel some of that out. And Grand Day is 101. So I think I've got some good genes somewhere. So it'll, who knows, Joe? It's Why not the, just go ahead? Roll the dice, man. Just live. Yeah, yeah. Just live, yeah. dude. That was. Look at, look at the dude of Atkins diet. Slipped on a patch of ice, busted his head wide open, and died. You know? Yeah, yeah. They got, they got lived right the whole, I don't know. But just fucking live and have fun. Yeah, that was that was the thing. Even last year, whenever I went home, it's like my grandma, my grandpa. It was like we're not gonna not see you. We're not gonna not hug you. We're not gonna not be in your presence. You know what I mean? Like we're not playing that shit where you're gonna we're gonna look at each other through a fucking window. You know what I mean? Well, my dad, my dad's been like that. Oh just man. Kid. He wouldn't hug us. Uh, when Granddaddy turned a hundred, uh, he did. Granddaddy, we did have to do it through the glass of the retirement home. He couldn't come out if he's in a place. But, yeah. Like I was in the, I was in the sunshine with my dad, and he, he is one of those that wouldn't hug, never took off his face mask, and uh, and it's fine. You know, he's legit worried, but. I feel like you're going to miss out at least a year of your life. Yeah. You're going to, it's yeah. like either you're going to get it or you ain't and you can't stop living. And you know? I, somebody, it was on some podcast. I can't remember who, who it was or who I was listening to or something like that, but it's like, you know, let's say your parents are in their eighties. Ideally they have, 20 years of life left, let's say, but maybe you only see them twice a year. You know what I mean? So realistically, mm -hmm. you're seeing your parents 40 times for the rest of their life. Okay. You know what I mean? So like what, how, yeah. how are you going to spend that time with them? Are you going to look through a fucking window? My family just is that way anyway. They're just like, they just don't, they're like, no, we ain't playing this shit. Like we're, nah. No, there's no way. mom's side. My mom's side is my dad's side. They've been some of my sisters on my dad's side have been uh, more precaution. Yeah. But uh, my sister's on from my mom. You know, we've all been just, you know, you, you can't live in a cave. But I get it. I mean, if you're legit worried about it, you know, what are you going to do? If you, you, yeah, if you are. But I think a lot of people worry about nothing to begin with anyway. I do too. I think you need more problems. You need yeah. people who have uh, good, stable lives. When something like this comes along, it freaks them the fuck out. Yeah. You know? I think people you, are just got, on edge you, anyway. You need, you need to be like a comedian and not know what the next day is going to be. Are you going to have a gig? 
what's going to happen at that gig? Because you can. You can get a show out of nowhere just that day. And can't say no. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I'm going. We were doing basement shows. I was trying uh, to do that, too. The week of when everything started to shut down last year, I was trying to do a show in the apartment. We were going to live stream and have like six audience members. But all the comics, Yeah, we had like eight. They said we all, had eight. all the comics that said they'd do it, they bailed. No, we were they doing all these, fucking bailed. Pussies. We were doing it. It was eight comics, and we kept doing it during um, from like March to June. And I don't know if I should be bragging about this or what. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying. But we kept our shit going, you know. We kept yeah. writing jokes, and we would tell it to each other. And, you know, we had a lot of fun because we would we're in somebody's house in their basement and we could give shit and talk shit that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. I belly laughed so hard during those shows and it was, we did it once a week. It was on a Tuesday, just like Spanky's, just like everything else over the open mics that we, we did on a Tuesday and we kept, and I honestly, no, it wasn't March. We didn't do it till May. Maybe middle of April. To like a and it month felt, off. Yeah, and it felt so good just to drive back to Nashville because the bus had shut down. You know, everybody's side jobs uh -huh. in comedy had shut down everything, too. Everything, everything. If you were a substitute teacher, if you was a waiter, mm -hmm. all that shit shut mm -hmm. down. And so just, I remember it was like probably a month and a half that we hadn't done nothing. And just to drive to Nashville to do this first show in a basement. And then... It felt so good. I mean, the endorphins were just popping out the top of my head from this high of just doing the drive, that long-ass drive. I've never bitched about that drive, but for everything to see just a little bit normal. I only lasted a month and a half. There's some people that still locked up, you know? Yeah. Some people wrote it out for a year. I don't know how you did it. I don't know how they did it. I absolutely, a month and a half, I was stir crazy. Yeah. Some people were happy about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they were like, oh, this is all I've ever wanted is to not ever be around anybody. And it's yep. like, well, how about fuck you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like who? I, I know some comedians that were like that. Yeah, for and sure. Like, that's mostly yeah. That's who I'm referring to. Those are the only people I know anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're all cowards to begin with. You know what I mean? They don't take a chance with nothing. Oh, I just I, in just in I'm life not. in general. That was the thing. Is like I I still haven't thought it. I still won't take it seriously or make it a big deal. And I've tried, I've, I haven't told it, but I've tried to work on a joke about it, how it's like everyone, everyone who's has freaked out or told me that like COVID is, is a, is something to worry about are the same people who freak out when I drink tap water. You know what I mean? Like they're just, uh, they're like, oh my God, you're drinking tap water. What are you doing? And it's like, well, I'm thirsty. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh no. Yeah. So it's the same fucking people. I know, and, and I try not to say anything about those people because it's a legit 
that's their life. Yeah, if you want, yeah, but it's not mine. Be a pussy. But they want to throw their views on me. Yes. It go. Oh, you don't care about it's the people. Same people. It yeah. Go, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, actually, I don't really care about people that much. How about that? Well, how about this? Is that chances are you're not going to die? How about that? There's a good chance of it. There's a way better chance. You know, I mean, there's you're gonna die regardless. You know what I mean, right? But would you rather spend? Let's say you do. Let's say you get COVID and you die. It's like, do you, would you rather have never hugged your mom or your dad? You know what I mean, right? In the past yeah. two years, you never had physical contact with anybody, and you end up dead. I couldn't end do up that. Dead. I could never. No, I couldn't do that. No. That's like everyone started doing the fist bump thing. It's like, just if we're going to fist bump, just give me a fucking hug. Like, what's the difference? You guys, like, this, now we're just splitting hairs at this point. We could touch fists, and that's safer than just hugging. You know what I mean? It's not. I, I, at shows, if somebody wanted to hug, somebody wanted to handshake, I was all about it. Still, yeah. Especially, especially during this time, somebody, Somebody appreciated your performance that much that they're going to risk death. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to touch you. What a what a compliment. Right? Yeah, yeah. My life did not. I know, or maybe they just don't give a fuck about anybody. But to me, I took it as a compliment. Yeah, my life never stopped. I know that I was still out. Yeah. doing my That's thing. That's what I was trying always. Eating ass, doing trying. shows, whatever the fuck I was doing. Didn't stop. Yeah. Ever. That's what I tried. Yep. It's the liberals, man. They're, a... they're trying to destroy America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, half, I'm half joking, but it's kind of... There's some truth in that too, man. All these fucking pussies who are just afraid of every goddamn thing. It's like fuck off, man. I don't use. I've, I've never used hand sanitizer. I'm not going to start now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm bulletproof. I ain't got no, no germs are going to bug me. And there's something to be said about that. It's like whenever uh, you know, mom started using all the hand sanitizer on kids. Whenever they started getting sicker. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not building it up. Yeah, there's the old Carlin joke. You know the Carlin joke where he's like, uh, he's like, he's like you have an immune system, but your immune system needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So if you it's just live, work if you out. live a sterile life, your whole, if everything you do is sterile, you're gonna get sick as soon as something comes along. Yep. And that was his whole thing. He's like, what do you think if you just wash your hands all the time and live a, a, a clean life, what do you think is going to happen when some super virus comes along? He goes, it's good. It's going to turn your vital organs into liquid shit and you're going to die because you deserve it. <laughs> I do wash my hands a lot. I, I just can't stand grime. Like if I work on a car. Well, that's different. I might wash my hands three times before I get done. I just don't like shit on my hands. That's no, different. Like, you fucking grab whenever I come tissue home, to turn a doorknob. Whenever I come home at night for the night, I'll go wash my hands. I don't know. I feel like the day 
you know, just fit, you could fill the day on your hands. I I can't. So whenever I come home at night, I do wash my hands. I don't know what that is. I can't. I, I wash my hands if I'm at somebody else's house. Other than that, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never stopped. You know, I don't. I gonna stop living. You can't. You can't. Or you. I mean, or you can. See, people. A lot of people, I feel like, aren't living anyway. You know what I mean? Right. People are alive, but the people don't. People aren't taking full advantage of what life is and trying to experience it. People want to be safe, and it's safety is an illusion anyway. You know what I mean? Like we are. As soon as you, you, your death certificate is signed, just being alive. You know what I mean? So whether it's COVID or a car wreck or something like that, but it's like, you can't, That's I don't weird. think you can't live in fear. You can't. That's not right. living, man. You can't. What's weird is that my dad that I've said so much about is the one that has lived life to the fullest. Also, they've lived in Costa Rica. He's, he's lived there. He, He's lived in California, New Jersey. He's traveled. They they love to travel. Um, and he's taught me, you know, to where my mom has been very quiet just to stay home. Uh, you know, they vacation in Florida, the same spot, a couple of spots, you know, there. But my dad's been all over the place. But during all this he's the one that shut down and my mom who doesn't do much she's never left the town that she was born in yeah she's never lived anywhere else she has also been the one though that's she'd wear a mask if you made her but she she'd rather not my parents are 68 years old now 67 during all this and it's so funny how my parents ever got together. I'll never know because they are so completely opposite of each other. The same way about mine too. Yeah, they're not but together anymore. But it's like I don't know how you mine all ended, ended up together anyway. Yeah, I but, really don't. Yeah. So like you can picture, my mom is the right, my dad is the left. Okay. And so whatever everybody knows that person everybody knows during all this where that person stands and where that person stands and that's what it's been yeah it's become that's yeah it's uh, people are attached to the ideas and, and they got to do what it's it's i don't know it's become so political that it's either. like if you vote a certain understand. way you have to view health a certain way you have to posture this way. Yeah. And people put all their eggs in one basket too, especially, you know, with all that shit last year where now it's like, well, now you can't go back. And almost it's like, um, I feel like part of me feels like the, this is the thing, though, people that, getting the vaccine is less. What side that you're on is like, how do you, you shouldn't. You don't agree a hundred percent with what anybody says anytime. I don't care if you're no. married to them or that's your political belief. So how did this ever get so out of whack that we're just 
It's Trump. You know, that it, but even he you was, don't believe. Yeah, but everybody wasn't a hundred percent on everything that he said. And just like now, you can't be a you can vote for Biden, but not be a hundred percent on everything that happens. No, right. But you're I, not your. You're not a human if you if you're hundred percent behind somebody all the time. I, th- I think people are that way where they just blindly go into it. And that's the thing I think with the vaccine was like, if you got getting the vaccine t- to a lot of people, I think means that you were taking a stand against Donald Trump in some way and what he too. stood for or whatever it is. You I know do what too. I mean? a lot, Cause even now you can see it. People are like, you know, you can see it in that, uh, the, medicine like if he mentioned ivermectin yep then people wouldn't get it if they hated him and even before if up until when he was still president you know what i mean everyone was like well i'm not gonna get the the i'm not i'm not gonna get the trump vaccine if donald trump comes out with a vaccine i'm not gonna get it but as soon as he's out of office but anything that he mentioned those people would rather die yeah and they get that so, they would. And now it's the but doctors ask. Doctors would ask because that's how it shouldn't have never got here. It's it's no, it's but the thing is it's so it's such it's a always polarizing always, thing, man. It's so interesting just to see how we live and how people think now. We're doomed. We're all doomed. No, but everyone, everyone's an this. idiot. We did this. We did this with the Spanish flu. They were anti maskers back then. We have not changed one bit. Human nature is no, human nature. No. There were anti-maskers back then, just like they are today, whenever it all first started. They absolutely refused. And I don't know if it was political, but there's always been. I just don't know that the communication where we're all so connected now to everything. I think there's always been uh-huh. people that hate whatever president is in office they've just not been able to organize and come together like they are now i don't know i i don't know i i really do think that there's more of a voice for everybody and you're able to i don't know so i'll be honest i don't think it's as bad as what the news says it is it's just the few people on the left or the right that make a little bit of waves mm-hmm. and that's who they follow. Yeah. I think ever, I think most people are in the middle and most people do love each other for the most part, or they try to, or maybe they don't, but you can get, you can look past it. You don't have to agree with everybody, but it is the, the, the most extreme people are the loudest as they always are, you know? Yeah. And I just, I but- do I do. I have heard of people defriending other people because they posted something, and I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I definitely so much bigger. We're so much bigger than politics. Golly, I've I've definitely I have done that, but it's not like it's not people I know. You know what I mean? Because it's like most of like the Facebook shit. Because comedy without Facebook. As far as like the level that we're at, like comedy, 
we need Facebook to do comedy in different places. So you're friends with a bunch of people you don't know, and people just say ignorant, oh, hateful I, shit I know on both sides. About. So it's like I just don't want to keep seeing this shit. You you know you live in fucking Oakland, California. I've I've never really met you. We maybe did a show once together like eight years ago or whatever it is, but I just don't need you. I don't need you in my life at Pessimism. all. Pessimism. Yeah. I don't care which side. If you're if you're completely just everything's going to hell and you hate this person, it's always you know, it's always the world is awful. Yeah. Yeah. These people are awful. This is awful. Yep. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to see your. It's yet. not you. You're not the awful person. It's everybody else. Yeah. It can't possibly be I you. Don't. You sitting there seething by yourself, saying hateful things on the internet all day. It's everybody else that's a piece of shit. It's not you ever. No. Yeah. And that's those just, people. You're right. I blocked those. I blocked a couple. Some of them, but it. It's especially. I don't know. Especially with comedy too, because. You know, as far as comics go, there's a, we want to be liked. You know what I mean? That's a part of what yep. we do is being on stage and being liked. But yep. it, it, they'll just say, ah, I don't know. I can't, I can't stand any of it. I think everyone's just retarded at this point in time. I think everyone's lost their goddamn mind. I think people are, panic really easy. People in America always know what, have it. You know what we need? You know what we need is an alien invasion. Ronald Reagan said we need that. Something that. We need something that ever, really? Yeah, he said that in the 80s. We need something that we can all get behind. That's what Ronald Reagan and, said. Really? Yeah, 100% he said that. He's like, I imagine, See, so I imagine what always, would happen if there was some. But that's, the, that's history, where it gets. We don't change. We don't change. Yes, but that's where it gets weird because all of a sudden the aliens do invade or they do show up. But it's like, but are they really aliens or is this some governmental shit going on? Because it's already, I'll show you, I'll send you the speech sometime. But Ronald Reagan, he's like, I wonder what would happen if there was like an extraterrestrial threat to the country and we all came together. You know what I mean? And that was That's fucking 40 years ago. Uh, it won't happen. It won't happen. Or do we need a giant war? You know, a world war. For everybody to come back together. Well, it would be an interplanetary war at this point. But I think everyone's so divided anyway, just with the internet and shit, that I don't think that would help any. Uh, what do you, you think? think? So if, okay, let's say aliens showed up tomorrow. Well, what, do you we think, all know. what do you think people were going to do? We all do? know you send in, you, you divide and conquer. Yes. And so you keep the poor people fighting against other, each other. Is it other countries that are setting stuff on Twitter and Facebook yes. and set these fake stories to mm -hmm. divide us? Yes, but also, but also, it's our own country that does it too. That's what the CIA is for: is for misinformation and disinformation. That's what they've been doing forever. They've, to us, yeah, for sure, yeah, you, to their own people, yeah. How else do you I keep people? You don't Joe. think you don't think that you don't think the CIA. I don't think your own government. Why would your own government divide its population? How else do you stay in power? If the people, really? if everyone comes together and realize that you're bullshitting them, which they have been, 
which they Why have are they been. Bullshit? No, what are they bullshitting them? Why would you do? What are you bullshitting about? If you're, your your thing is to CIA take care of the country. Why would no, they no, the C, the CIA is not supposed to take the CIA is supposed not supposed to operate in the country at all. The CIA is supposed to be the FBI is is what takes uh, care of America as far as like an intelligence agency. The CIA is supposed to be for foreign countries and foreign governments. Okay, but they're definitely there's a, you know at this at this point I hope they're I hope then they're doing to other countries what I feel like that these countries are doing to us keeping us divided making fake stories um bro we do that the, the our country does that every major media every it. major media the yeah they, they completely keep us divided it's not all you got to do is no look at CN, cnn and fox and go you have the same story but they're two completely different perspectives oh my gosh you know what i, I love mean? watching that so i the, love watching yeah, it. do so, you ever watch both yeah, see I, the spin? I, I used to. I used to a bunch. See the spin that uh-huh. they put on it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not incredible. Good. It's not good. That's what I'm saying. And that's in, you know. I'll take the same news story, and by the time you watch it, Rittenhouse. Is a good guy, depending on who you listen to, or the worst oh my person, God. Or the worst person, or the worst person the ever. And, it, and, it, and the bad thing is, it's. George Floyd, the same know, thing. What, like they do it with every Donald Trump, Joe Biden. They do it with everybody. Joe Rogan, Justin Bieber. They do it. They do it with everybody, man. I don't think Joe Rogan. I think he's about as yeah, but it honest de- as it, it can it be. It depends who's talking about him, though. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing with the ivermectin thing. Where it depends. Yep. It depends what channel you have it on you're going to get different information. And that's not coming oh, from Russia. That's not coming from China. That's our own um, fucking bullshit. Right. Cause people are trying, you know, you remember whenever there was like <sighs> always the rumor of Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe had an affair. No, they didn't. They didn't did. talk about it. They didn't talk about it. That was never in a newspaper. That wasn't a news story. That yeah. wasn't nothing. Yeah. That came out decades later in somebody's gossip thing. What happened to those days whenever we keep our trash within the family and you don't let the whole world know? Of course, then you become like China or South Korea or North Korea, I guess, maybe. But we don't have to be completely transparent about everything. And there don't have to be a news story for every goddamn president or the royal family or any of that. I don't care. Well, now, you know, we live in a 24-hour news cycle, so you do need, you have to fill 24 hours. That's the same thing. Remember, you remember like Sports Center in the 90s when it was like Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen? Where they did no. Sports Center and it was an hour and they taped the hour and they just replay that hour throughout the day. Oh, yeah. But now you have to fill 24 different hours of content throughout the whole. So that's why you get Stephen A. Smith just running his fucking mouth, yelling about nothing. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Are you about to take a piss? <laughs> oh, oh. But it's all, it's just, you know, people love content. And people also, we're so stupid. I think as far as America goes, we just like to hear about who's fucking who. And I hate that shit. 
it's high school shit. You even do even a started off, you know. It, you know, it started off. That was the Inquirer. The Inquirer started that, and the that bat, would never the make the news. That would never make the news. That wasn't news stories. No, they but, had. But now that's news. But people that's are six o'clock. That's six o'clock news. People are obsessed with it. I remember when I when I first moved to Atlanta. Nobody knew anything about me, but people had no. People had no issue asking me questions about who I was fucking. Be like, are you fucking that person? It's like, do you don't where am I? Fr- you don't know where Honey. I'm from. You don't know my birthday. You don't know anything about me, but you have no issues asking, who am I fucking? And yeah. it's just so, it's not good. We become obsessed with mundane shit. There's not enough going on, buddy. There's plenty going on. The world. The world. Is the world stable? No. Like, we're having to make up shit? Well, whether or not we have to, we definitely are. That's all. That's all. Everything. No, but are we? We're not in a war. I mean, we've pulled out of Afghanistan. There's not a war on drugs like the 80s with. There's no. There's a war on your mind. (laughs) Infowars, baby. Check it out. (laughs) I mean, there's always. There's poor people and there's third world countries and there's governments that's taking advantage of their people. But that's always been. That's all they do. It's always been. That's what they're doing now. That's why everyone, people who have suffered these past two years, but people are made, some people have become billionaires out of this shit. You know what I mean? How? Yeah. How? Bezos. And why? I mean, he already yeah. had. Yeah, yeah. He already had that in place. It was just perfect. You know, perfect. He is already Him, doing. Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, even Fauci, that little fucking wormy looking motherfucker. It's like, bro, I don't trust none of these people. I know that. I don't trust any of them. I just order. That's where I, I still order shit from Amazon. <laughs> why? Well, you so, have to. It's so cheap. Yeah, at this point, yeah, the stores don't have anything. Walmart, Walmart's good. I signed up for the Walmart Plus. Now I don't have any shipping cost, and I can get delivery. No, uh, no minimum. Probably hurting the environment. Somebody will say that. Yeah, it probably is. It is one way or another. It would be something I'd run to the store for anyways. Why not have employ somebody to do that, though? I'm a fucking hero, Joe. Yeah, you're doing you're saving you're saving everybody. <laughs> Captain Planet over here. <laughs> I'm employing people. I don't you know sure they're driving their car to come bring me a toaster strudel, but so just one. <laughs> I employed them. You know? I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Nobody's ever wrong. Everyone's always right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <sighs> I think the next couple of years are going to be very, very interesting. I don't. See, I don't see this shit ending that well. I really don't. 
Well, here's the thing. It's already not. Right? Have you seen like, especially in California, like San Francisco, San Francisco, especially where it's just like people at this point are just going into stores and just robbing shit because no one's there to stop them. Well, in Seattle, they decriminalized theft up to like $1,200. And so you can go in there and just, do you know how much you can steal? $1,200. Or $1,200 is, yeah. is a thing. Yeah. You can go into Walmart and fill up two, three shopping carts. Yeah. You and take, not hit $1,200 and just stroll the fuck out. Yep. Get three TVs. As long as you don't get a fourth, you're fine. And they, they, the cops will not investigate it. And there was like a documentary about Seattle. This bicycle company had been there since the 80s. And now they're getting robbed weekly of their bicycles. And they, they're moving out. Yeah. And they're moving out in droves. Uh, is that the same one that legalized everything? Meth, heroin. Is that Seattle? I know uh, that poor- I know Seattle has like clean injection clinics where if you're a junkie, like if you have a heroin problem, they have facilities where you can go get a little bit of heroin to get you through your day. And the homeless is is very welcome there too. Like just being homeless or whatever. I don't know. That, and that's California too, right? Yeah, I think it's the West Coast most. Or welcome. And yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco, especially. That, that is that bleeding. You want to save everybody, but you can't. Like, But also you have no plan for them either. You're right. Wait, what are you, you can't. What are you going to do? It, it's mental health is a lot of these people a on the lot street. Of it probably is. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Where do you you have to you have to stop that before it gets to the point of them? We've met we we know people that like being homeless that are mentally they can't handle a structure everyday life. Yeah, and being homeless. Yeah, I understand. I, I, I understand them in some aspect. I definitely and do. Is that that might not be mental? That might be just a big fuck you to society. It's probably it's it's both. It's it's somewhere in between, man. People got fucking problems. I know, pee that. I know that. Go pee again. And then we'll we'll wrap this up, but we can keep talking. It's just strange. I remember living in my van out in Seattle. And I saw homeless people having more shit than I did. It's fucking crazy. People had fucking palaces under overpasses. And I was in my van going, what the fuck are these people doing? Had grills, bicycles, beds, everything. It's fucking fascinating. What a weird time to be alive. I hope we figure out a way out of this, but I don't think we will. Maybe the way out is VR. Maybe we all just live in the metaverse and pretend that everything's okay, even though it's not. Maybe that's what we do from here on out. I don't know. 
There's Monty back. <laughs> I got my, uh, I call them my roadhouse sweatpants on. <laughs> you remember whenever Patrick Swayze's doing his, uh, I've never seen, I've never seen Roadhouse. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry, to... buddy. Sorry. Holy shit. We're going to have to, he's never seen Roadhouse. So, I guess we're not friends anymore. But it, Maybe we were never friends never, to begin with. How you never seen Roadhouse every time it's on? What is it on? AC never saw Roadhouse in like 20, 30 years of her being on this earth. And she gets with me and she's seen Roadhouse at least 12 times now. Yeah. Twelve hundreds. Well, yes. all right, Joe. It's. I mean, I just haven't seen it. I've probably, mm. I've probably seen Jackass the movie about a hundred times. That's my Roadhouse. I still watch movies, Monty. You just don't. I don't really. No, I watched a documentary last night about how uh, the effects of the social media and cell phones are having on kids. And shit like that, but I don't really no, I don't really watch movies. I watched some Christmas movie a couple weeks ago too. Uh, um, I forget it, it wasn't good. So this the cell phone <laughs> thing, you know, we it just was, adapt, right? We adapt. Are we? Are we adapting, or is it breaking us? I feel like it's breaking everybody. No, I feel like we'll evolve because it's not going away. No, so the body it's, will evolve. It's the metaverse. Your eyeballs will evolve. You know, the blue screen. They're not the blindness at people. It's not going to happen this generation. It just happened. You got to give it two or three generations, and then everybody's eyeballs will be like cone shaped. It's like a cone. But will they? Will whatever, they? Will they only be able brain. to look at screens at that point? I'm just saying that it's not going to. Whatever they talk about, this blue screen blindness or hurting everybody's eyes will adapt it ain't gonna happen our generation no but it but, all, yeah but still that shit does something it's not going away to your brain technology it's, it's not just your eyes it's it's what it's doing to your brain it's gonna rewire it you know how it's already happening with kids that are like two three years old have you seen them be able to go through somebody's phone they can pull up YouTube and they can go exactly to a video yeah. that they want to watch yeah. of a kid unwrapping toys or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, they can find it, but there's a, they can find it. Yes. But there's a, not knowing how to read or write or anything. They have a, there's a weird, there's a weird disconnect they have from like life though. You know what I mean? You can look in people's eyes and you can see it's like, Oh, you're not, you're not fully a human. Yeah, but that's not everybody. That's probably no, been all no. through life. If it's not books that you know that person that was completely involved in books, that's not life either. That's not. It's just we have screens now, and so that's different. And you have people. You can step away from a screen. I can step away from a screen. Can you though? But there are people. There are people that can't. Yeah, I can. I can go. I can go all day with not looking. At Facebook. 
I can too. I can go right now. I can go right now and tell you I've got about 300 emails that I haven't checked since Thanksgiving. Well, I didn't want to look at it over the weekend. I don't care. I can totally. I don't care. I tell you what I have a problem with right now is Call of Duty. I'm so into Call of Duty. Probably thinking about getting. I think been thinking about playing, getting back into. I haven't played Call of Duty since like 2007, probably. Yeah, it was me too. But it's like, and then I started playing the Cold War. Yeah, it was in the 80s. The last year's Cold War, and I got so into it, Joe. I got so addicted, and I do. I can admit I had a problem with yeah. that one, and now the new one goes back to World War II, and I don't like that one as much. But it's some about because my son's on there and I have some friends on there and it's about keeping up with it, keeping staying, keeping your character up, keeping weapons. Because whenever you first start a weapon, it sucks. It is the worst. You feel like you've just started. You've never played it before in your life because the weapons suck so bad. But as you... Play it more, and you get more attachments. Yeah. And you get yeah. Get it refined. You know, you start. It, it's. But they know exactly in the sounds. It's almost like being in a casino with all the kachings and stuff. Mm -hmm. When you start hitting mm -hmm. body shots and you're killing people. Yeah. And it makes a different sound and all that. Yeah. It's it's relaxing though. I mean, it's, it sets off these endorphins exactly. or whatever it is That's in that, your body. That documentary that I watched, that was the thing about like swiping down to refresh your feed is the equivalent of pulling a slot machine. It's the same really? thing. You're pulling it down, going, hoping something better shows up than what you just saw. It's the same wow. sort of kind of, it, it, it's the same act and also it's releasing the same like mental stimulus sort of thing. It's okay. just refreshing the feed is the same thing as pulling a slot machine. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll get something great, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and imagine you're, you're fucking five, six years old. Because you, 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 know, you couldn't gamble until you were 18. But now it's like some weird thing where it's not, it's not technically gambling, but it's still the same action as gambling. And you're introducing that into children, and then you're expecting them to be okay. You know what I mean? You're expecting yeah. them to like be emotionally stable. It's fucked up. Okay. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see a good way out of this. Especially, you know. I just, I just feel like my video game. You know, I kind of have to play it, but social media. You know, you got to do it as a comedian. Yeah. I don't even do it. I don't do yeah. it that good you're a little, as a comedian. You're a little bit past it, though, because, like, you were you were a little bit older when social media kind of became a thing, you know? Right. No, I need to learn how to do it, though. But now you it's learn like... How to do it. You got to have it. You go into a green room, and that's all any of the other comics are talking about is other comics' social media. And going, I'm yeah. funny. I'm funnier than that guy. I don't know why he has so many followers. And it's just like this is what you guys are worried about. Is like, well, thanks to Weber, my TikTok has really taken off and it's been. I keep getting flagged on that fucking thing. 
<laughs> I can't catch a break, man. I get I get flagged for every. I got flagged. Thanks, Aaron Weber, though. My my TikTok's been really. I put my. I mean, it's not outstanding, but it's way better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, it, it started. Golly. it started off doing good. I put my Joe Biden joke on there yesterday, and it got flagged for copyright infringement, which I don't know. And I tried to file. I could a it, grievance. It didn't. Well, it didn't have. I had to send like an email to them because it didn't have the thing where I've been flagged before where it's like, well, if you think you shouldn't be flagged, just click here and we'll review it. This, it because this you one mentioned his name did not have you can't be Well, I was talking about critical? sniffing kids and then Michael Jackson jerking off kids too. So it could have been. Yeah, I saw that one. But it wasn't, that's, it wasn't, there was no copyright infringement on it. It's my own joke. It's my own material, but I keep, that's get, the wrong I, I keep getting, word. I keep getting flat. That's what it says. Copyright infringement. The sound, they need to come the up. sound they that need was to come on up there. with the word. They need to come up with, uh, we don't like this. Just be right. Would you accept that more? Well, I don't, I, that's what I, cause I'll get on. T- you can watch people die in car crashes on TikTok. You know what I mean? You watch people get yeah. shot in the fucking head. Well, and it was just like where they banned Trump, but yet you've got the leader of Syria. You got the leader of Syria and yeah, Iran and yeah. people who hate America and have com- and I'm not taking trying not to take sides, but I'm just saying they kept Listen, we love Donald the Trump. Taliban. Let's just say the we Taliban love, we love Donald Trump. ISIS. Did ISIS not have a Twitter account? I think they did, yeah. And the Taliban had uh-huh. a Twitter account. Yeah. OJ That's, has a Twitter account. I meant <laughs> OJ. OJ killed the lady. ISIS. <laughs> ISIS. ISIS has blown up religious, ancient uh, statues. Yeah. Like ancient, like, and how many deaths are they responsible for? And they still have a Twitter account. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's all bullshit. Do you see? There's a new. There's gonna be. A, there's a new president of Twitter or whatever. That Jack Dorsey guy. He stepped down yesterday, and they got some new fella that stepped in. And he's already talking about. I can't remember the exact quotes he had, but it's gonna be. I think he. I, I, Twitter's it's been in the shitter lately anyway, but I think it's going to get a lot worse. I think everything is YouTube is the censorship on YouTube has become a lot stronger. Facebook, all these like major social media platforms have. Well, I've heard Joe Rogan talking about at this point, shouldn't these things be a utility? Like they're that embedded into our society that they're, they should be considered a utility. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because you don't need it. You need heat, right? You need gas to a degree. You need electricity to a degree. Do you need Facebook? No. So just get off the shit. But how much... I mean, how much do you miss not checking Facebook? I don't at all. I don't think I miss anything either. Other than trying to connect with people to try and do shows... My whole thing has just been I'm I'm still I got three months left of telling people happy birthday every day. That's it. 
That's been my whole thing for the past year. Is just I appreciate it when people do it to me. I really do. But <laughs> I've just I've just been making a post. The only thing I post on Facebook I I anymore it. is just saying happy birthday to people. And my goal is to do that for a year. But that's the only that's all I do on there. Or maybe talk about shows or something like that. Just because it's gotten so bad. Everyone's just negative. Everyone's just, and everyone's so fucking stupid anyway. Everyone's so goddamn stupid, Monty. And for some reason, oh. everybody thinks they're smart just because they say the thing that people agree with. But that are doesn't they, make well, you smart. And most of them are just repeating something that something they heard. Said. It's nobody. Not, no. Nobody has an original thought. No. And I think that's something that I probably talked to you. You know, when people talk, I think I, we probably talked about this before, but when it comes to diversity or whatever, you know, and it's like, I don't know, because everyone's about diversity in comedy shows or whatever, but it's like, I don't know how diverse a comedy show is just because people look different, even though they're telling the same jokes and coming from the same place. You know what right. I mean? They're the same fucking person, but just because they look different or maybe they, you know, they fuck somebody that they're not supposed to be fucking. <laughs> committing sins committing sins against god and they go oh i'm a different person it's like no you say the same shit everybody else says but for some reason this lineup for a comedy show is viewed as diverse even though everybody has the same fucking jokes but because they look different it's apparently a diverse lineup which seems like some weird quasi-racism <laughs> to me it does to me it does go it's diverse and it's like how is this diverse because people look different. Is that what we're focused on? People aren't thinking any differently. I know that. It's the same fucking people doing the same jokes over and over and over again. Nah. I can tell you. If you it sucks. If you do a Trump joke, if you do a Biden joke, I'm out. As soon as you mention it, I'm out. Because there ain't nothing you can say that's not already been said. And it's, the guy it's before you already said it. And it's, it's not. Uninteresting. It's not. Oh, provoking. It's not funny. There's uh -uh. nothing you're going to say. No. No. It's an unoriginal thought. One of the, uh, there's a dude, Mike Rowland. He used to live in Atlanta. He's up in New York now. He's funny as fuck. Uh, he's, he's gotten some like Comedy Central clips and stuff like that. That dude's funny as fuck. But I remember him trying, this was before the pandemic, trying to do just, I can't remember what the joke was. He didn't even finish the joke just because everyone reacted so harshly to it. And he's like, Trump's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. We all know he's a bad person, but he didn't. He, we can't say he did something good. Like he met with the dude from North Korea. We can't say that that was a good thing. And everyone was just like, no, you can't say that that was a good thing. And he's like, all right, forget it. I'll move on to the next joke then, I guess. <laughs> it was just the harsh. That's, he was such a polarizing character. That it's, I think people lost there their minds over few. that dude, man. I think people really there legit are. lost their minds over that guy. So he won in the end. In the end, Donald Trump is still winning the game because yeah, everyone, yeah. he's not president. People still talk about him, they still hate him. You know, everyone's so and he ain't been in office in eight months, 10 months. Yeah. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone <laughs> is, everyone's open minded unless you voted for Trump. Which I find well, fucking fascinating. I'm an open-minded liberal person. I'm open to ideas unless you... But no Trumpsters. But no Trumpsters. Yeah. If you voted for Trump, I won't listen to you. But I'm open-minded and accepting of everybody unless you did this one thing. 
So you're full Did of you shit. See where John Stewart has like somebody tried to get bait him into talking about Trump, and he's like, "It's done. It's over. It's over. If you're still talking about Trump till 2024, it, baby, it's not the phoenix will rise. It's your that's your problem. Yeah, it's not. People need even a, John. People need a yeah. boogeyman. They need somebody to hate." And and they hated him so much that they elected a senile guy who can't form a thought. You know what I mean? That was the thing is no one's pro-Biden. Everyone was just anti-Trump. Yeah. It's so weird. People aren't, yeah. that's what, you know, people aren't pro-anything. Everyone's anti-something. I'm anti-racism. I'm anti-Trump. I'm anti-this. It's like, well, what do you stand for? Do you stand for anything or do you just stand against things? Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's a lot of people. They just stand against shit. It's like, well, what do you stand for? It's like nothing. I drink diet Dr. Pepper and eat flaming hot Cheetos. Like, what do you expect from me? That's what I stand for. It's like, go well, fuck yourself then. <laughs> people are retarded. It blows my mind. <laughs> we have done this for. Two hours, 16 minutes. We'll wind down. I'll still keep talking to you, Bonnie. I'll stop the recording. I love talking to you. You know we well, can do this Let's all keep long. chatting. Let's wind this down. Bonnie but Mitchell. My going to die. Okay. Well, either way, I know I got some people that listen to the podcast in Nashville. If you're in Nashville, go check out the Redneck Comedy Bus. Monty Mitchell is on there as Junebug, usually Tuesdays yeah, and Thursdays. Junebug. That's right. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and mostly Saturdays. If you're passing through Nashville and you want a tour of Nashville, go check out Monty's bus. He's he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. And he also knows the town like the back of his hand, so you'll have a good time with that. What else you got going on, Monty? Any shows upcoming? I got Zanies this Saturday, but this probably won't air till after that. Uh, I, I might put this out on Thursday. So what is this Saturday? It will be the fourth. I think I'm going to, I'll put this one out on Thursday. So let's say you'd be in Zanies this Saturday. Who are you with? It's, um, we're doing the late show, the nine fifteen showcase. I don't know who the headliner is, but they don't do a late show. So we're doing a showcase okay. after that. Okay. And, uh, right now I've got Hilton Head. I go back to Hilton Head in January and February. Huh. Had a good weekend. Had a good, good week there in the past, and they're bringing me back. So need a feature? I don't know how that works. I'll ah, let you know. Well, let me know whenever it's it is. It's like the I've... dude that owns the sh owns the club. Me and him kind of co-headline together. Okay. One of those types. Yeah. They're great people. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Hilton Head. I don't even know where Hilton Head is. South Carolina. Okay. Hilton, rich. Hilton Head, rich. South Carolina. Yeah. Redneck Comedy Bus. Zanies. Zanies. Zanies uh, all the time. All the time. Bonnie Mitchell. I, they're, they're very kind to me. Yeah, yeah. They always have been. Mondays, Tuesdays. Best club in the know. country, man. It really is. Yeah. It's great to have a it's good to have a 
a club that has a, that book, a booker that doesn't club. do fucking comedy. That's fucking fantastic. I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world for that. For for that to be my home club. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thanks for. I'm going to stop the record. Thanks for doing the podcast, Monty. Thank you, Joe. We had, I love you. I love you too, buddy. We had some fun. Yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs>